The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Why, hello, and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter, kind of a spiritual journeyman, media producer type guy. I run a website with online courses called youthrivehere.com. I'm also the current president of the board at the Center for Spiritual Living, Greater Baltimore, cslgreaterbaltimore.org. Joining me today as my regular co-host, whether she likes it or not, is Spiritual Rebel, Sarah Bowen. Sarah is the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm so excited to be called regular. It means I'm almost close to being normal. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I would not go that far. Um, I do. Why don't you um, expose a little bit on the other things that you do, your things that you're a part of and, and you do some teaching. I don't know if we've really dived into that at all. I'd like to hear it. Sure. Uh, so I teach at One Spirit Interfaith Seminary. You know that piece I've talked about a little bit, uh, specializing in animals and and how those are related to spirituality, as well as twelve step spirituality. So I'm a I'm a oh the secret's out. I'm a twelve stepper, uh, and so I teach on that as well. And I write an article for Spirituality and Health Magazine every week. And of course, most importantly, I do this podcast with you, Jim, each week. Uh, but I also do a lot of work in animal chaplaincy. So that means that I support people when they lose a companion animal. Um, I support vegans who are having problems of anguish living in the world. Uh, and a lot of advocacy for helping churches and meditation centers and synagogues and, and all sorts of folks figure out how do they make their circle of compassion as wide as possible within our spiritual communities. Well, that's wonderful. I just wanted folks to know about the other aspects. Besides your stellar aspect as co-host of the show, I thought we should enlighten them on other things that you do. Yeah, because I usually just talk about running around in my yard after squirrels, right? <laughs> Well, um, I, I want us later on to, if he's, if he's willing to do an even deeper dive into the mind of Sarah, if we uh, can have our guest today, psychic, uh, Vincent Jenna on to see if she can, if he can explore the inner thoughts of Sarah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting that we're talking about this today because I've been writing an article on elves. Interesting. Right? Yeah, so so here's here you know the idea of what do we believe in? Do we have to see something to believe in it, right or not? And I had this really odd thing happen this summer, 
where Sean was working on this metal dragonfly that I had that needed to be repainted, re, uh, repainted, you know, like out in the yard, right? And he was trying to take the wings off and he couldn't get the wings off and he couldn't get them off and he couldn't get them off and he got all frustrated and he yelled some four letter words I can't say on the radio and left the project alone. And then he came out the next day and the wing had been removed, the screws were next to it and, and it was ready for him to work on, but he hadn't touched it. Hmm. And we were like, what just happened in our house, right? And as spiritual people, like, what do you do with that? Right, when, right. When odd things happen. And so I called up one of my friends who's really into earth-based spirituality and Wicca and kind of neo-pagan and those type of lines. And I thought, well, maybe she knows, right? And so I said, you know, what do I do with this? And she said, oh, you have fairies. And I was like, I have fairies, please. <laughs> and she said something important to me right then. She said, you're willing to believe in the things that you believe about God and about the universe and about, you know, what happens on a metaphysical level. And you're going to draw the line at fairies. And that gave me an interesting thing that I've still been mulling over, like, what do I think about fairies and angels and elves and demons and you know, all these kind of different words? So you caught me kind of wrestling with that in my writing and in relation to what we're talking about with our guest today. Interesting. You know, um, we're going to dive into the concept of angels and other potential influencers in our lives, because uh, I think it's a good time of year to maybe talk about that. It's uh, the holiday season here when we're recording it. And, you know, when we're, when we're talking about that kind of thing in angels, I, I honestly have mixed feelings about it. Um, a part of me does believe that, you know, there are possibilities of other realms and, and uh, you know, uh, these uh, beings that that assist us. A part of me is kind of skeptical, you know. I, I guess uh, that's my personality. I'm I'm both a believer and skeptic at times. Um, but I, I I'm anxious to hear more. I'm I'm open. I'm interested. You know, I think it's it's curiosity. I think is the most is the most important spiritual principle I I have learned right going through seminary and and now with my teaching as well as to be curious about what if, what if there are other things that might uh, influence us or what if there are things we can't see? You know, I think about, go back 150 years of what people knew about what happened in bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had no clue what was going on inside of bodies or, you know, no clue of what was happening beyond just the earth or even how the earth was created. So we keep finding out more and more and more and so I think some of this um, curiosity or thinking or, or working with concepts, perhaps 150 years down the road, Jim, someone's going to listen to our podcast and they're going to say, oh, look at how little they knew about angels. Yes, yes. <laughs> very likely, very likely. Um, or aliens. I, right. Well, I do have a confession to make, and it was actually me. I came up to the cabin and fixed that, uh, fixed that item for Sean, so... Well, you know, it is, okay, the other thing that's weird is the stereo in Sean's art studio goes on occasionally. Huh. We don't know why. And it just goes on. And, and I've actually taken the stereo to the electronics store, right, to have them look at it, fix it. Is there a short that just makes it go on and blare music? We, we haven't found anything. Huh. And so what we do now, my, my friend who, who studies um, earth-based spirituality said, you need to leave out art supplies for the fairies. Huh. And so we leave out some crayons and, you know, she also said milk, 
but I didn't, or sweets. And I didn't want to leave that out because it'll feed all my mice. And then there right, would be more right. mice, right? Because <laughs> I know be a the different mice. kind of visitor that you don't need right now. I don't know. Maybe the mice are turning on the radio. You know, who knows? <laughs> uh, stranger things have happened in our house, but we do leave a little bit of, you know, some crayons out and some things. And just to be able to embrace the possibility that maybe there's someone having a little fun in the studio um, makes me feel, you know, kind of, kind of, stretched a little bit in my consciousness so you know i can't prove it i can't prove it but i can't prove god either true so yeah. there's that's where i end up i love it i love it all right are you ready for some dueling inspirational quotes i am and i may have to explain why i picked this one afterwards but here let's let's go with it confront the dark parts of yourself and work to banish them with illumination or forgiveness your willingness to wrestle with your demons will cause your angels to sing. I like that. That's very nice. That is playwright August Wilson. Hmm. And, and I picked it because, you know, I did a search in my quotes for angels. And this mm -hmm. came up and immediately I had to start wrestling with the word demon. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that word either. Right. Um, but I do like the idea of, you know, this is a little Jungian and confronting the dark parts with illumination or forgiveness. I really like that. I really like that. All right, here's mine. We are each of us angels with only one wing, and we can only fly by embracing each other. Oh, Jim, that's so sweet. Who is that? Uh, Luciano Di Cruzenzo. He was an Italian writer, film actor, director, and engineer. And I have to say that I got this from a site called everydaypower.com. So that's a great site for quotes. You have, I have to um, say, I was speaking with a student this, uh, this past week who said that when dragonflies used to drown in their pool, she used to fish out the wings, put gold glitter on them, and then leave them for her children to find. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> right? Like little fairy wings. But the idea of angels with one wing is kind of sad until we look at embracing each other. That's beautiful. Yeah, I liked that. I thought that was cool. All did right. You, yes. Did, did you grow up with angels when you were a child? Were they part of your Christmas uh, or, or your holiday festivities? Uh, well, I grew up Greek Orthodox and there are, you know, the concepts in, in Greek Orthodox yeah. uh, religion. Um, but I never had any particular connection. Um, angels weren't uh, something really discussed in, you know, Christmas for us or, or holidays or anything like that. Um, although the elf on the shelf was very effective for my son for, for many years. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this should be an interesting learning experience for both of us today. It really should. It really should. All right. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's do it. Great. Hello, everybody. My name is Edward Biagioti. I am the co-host of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed right here on Unity Online Radio. I love connecting with angels. I love the thought of angels. I've always loved the thought of angels. This joyful feeling that I'm being supported and cheered on by these beings of light that love me and only want the best for me. Sometimes I think that people get the wrong idea about angels, at least in the way I understand them. I think we we kind of hope they're going to help us or maybe they're going to help us. First of all, whenever I lose anything uh, or 
need help with anything, I ask the angels to help me, especially if I can't figure it out or I can't see a solution. And it's amazing. As soon as I ask the angels for help or as soon as I suggest somebody else ask the angels for help when they're uh, challenged by something, it's amazing how quickly the solution comes forward. I like to think about like if these are these beings of light and love, which I believe they are, that's what we refer to as angels, they want to help us. They know that it's harder as humans to deal with all of the things that we're dealing with in terms of our senses and the perceived and the misunderstandings and the judgments and all the things that go through our mind that they don't have to deal with. And they want us to help. They want to help us. We have this cheering section. Just imagine an infinite number, like more than we could ever count, beings of light cheering us on, wanting the best for us. Just standing by, waiting for us to be willing and, and open and uh, just say the word and open the floodgates so that that help can come in and swoop in and help us in whatever way we require in that moment. So do yourself a favor and ask the angels for help. They love you and so do I. So have a wonderful day. And now it's time for our interview. World-renowned psychic Vincent Jenna is a triple power psychic an authentic and gifted psychic with the knowledge and experience of a licensed psychotherapist. He combines his early background as a professional actor and singer, a master's in clinical social work, and his hospice experience, helping more than 500 patients through the dying process with his uncanny skills as a metaphysician and psychic medium. And also, Vincent has a radio show called Stop Stopping Yourself right here on Unity Online Radio. Check out his website at vincentjenna.com. Welcome back to Big Universe, Vincent. Oh, my gosh. It is a big universe. It has to be a big universe with you and me in it and doing a show together. There's not enough room in this universe for the two of us. And now, of course, with Sarah there, fabulous. Absolutely. Well, we had so much fun with you last time that I thought it'd be fun to dive into things uh, this time, too. It, uh, well, thank you for having me back. It's always exciting to be in, in a place like this with a luminary like yourself. I love that, Jim. Thank you. A, lumin a luminary? Oh, my, I think that's the <laughs> first time I've been called a luminary. Really? And I don't mean the Boy Scout little bags that they see lit up on, um, uh, you know, down the driveways <laughs> on Christmas Eve. I'm talking about a real luminary with a huge light that broadcasts out into the universe. Wouldn't you agree, Sarah? I was going to say that Jim is glowing a little bit today. I think ben, it's the candle I have behind me. Oh, okay. Just, <laughs> just making sure glowing. I'm used to women yes. glowing, and that yes. means that they're pregnant. You know? I, assure, I assure you I am not. I assure okay. you I am not. All right. Well, good. Well, I thought, you know, it's the holiday season as we're recording this. I thought it would be really cool to dive into angels for a part of our segment here. Ah. And, uh, you know, uh, be and other beings that, uh, you know, you've indicated are part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I was, would, would you be open to that today? I am open to that. Angels we have heard on high, <laughs> right? Right. All about the angels. Right, right. Uh, so you talk about a whole bevy of beings that, is bevy the right word? Bevy of beings that help influence us and guide us in our lives. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about that. And, you know, angels, are they real? Angels, angels are real. In every culture, there is a term for the word of a higher being. And I'm glad that you asked this question because I would really like to clarify the angel kingdom. 
okay? Um, because we've seen so many different movies, you know, and, and right around now there's all the Hallmark Christmas movies and, and, and some angels or, or pre-angels coming down and they have to do some tasks and then they get their angel wings, right? And then, um, um, uh, what is it, um, uh, Wonderful Life? where, you know, they had to, this, this angel was doing his task and he finally gets Jimmy Stewart to believe he has a wonderful life. And you hear the little tinkle of the bell on the Christmas tree and he's gotten his wings. And those are all romanticized ideas about angels that we have come to accept. It's the reason why we are inspired to write these stories, Jim and Sarah, is because there is, we know there's such a thing as angels, but what are they really, really, okay? What's the difference between them and us when we pass and we go to the other side? And can any of us then become angels? Well, technically, no. And here is the reason why. When we were all created at one time, angels included, we were all the same kinds of souls. Uh, a matter of fact, the way the God for spirit created us was by dividing itself into us. So we were all equal parts of the same whole power. And then in our understanding and in God, the spirit's intelligence, it understood that in order for us to discover ourselves, we had to separate from the family. It's like if the sun divided into a hundred little sons, you would never see the little sons until they moved away from each other. While they were still together, it would look like one big giant ball of sun, okay? Mm -hmm. So now the universes are created and souls went off and they decided whichever universe they wanted to go to, that's why there are such things as extraterrestrials. They're just our brothers and sisters who went to a different universe and decided to incarnate there. They just happen to be a lot more advanced than us. Well, a group of the soul said, you know what? Okay, I, we don't think it's a great idea for all of us to just go and get involved you're going to be coming back anyway. And so some of us are going to hang behind. And when you come back, then we'll share in your experience and that'll be okay. But I think some of us need to stay back here just in case you guys need some help or you forget something. We'll be here to help guide you. That was the beginning of Angels. Angels were those souls who decided to stay behind. They're not souls that have evolved even higher. Yes, they've been on the other side and they haven't created karma. So of course they've evolved, but they're not like you get higher recognition and then you can get your angel wings. But until then, you're just a lowly human soul. You know, no, that's not the way it's been. A group of them kind of never incarnated on the earth at all. Those are your archangels. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because there's yes. a differentiation that you make between them. Yes, there is. So archangels have zilch karma. They have never once incarnated here. They didn't feel the need to. They decided still, even though there were a few of us who said, you know what? I got to go down there and help him in this life. The other one said, well, you go ahead, go. We're still staying here. 
So the archangels are the ones who never created karma by incarnating on any universe, and they continued to evolve. Now, angels, which is just below an archangel, and I hate using the word below, but next in line, shall we say, they may have had one or two incarnations here purposely, not so that they could experience life, but because they wanted to help in some way. Once you incarnate down on the earth, you wind up creating some kind of karma. But if you only did it once or twice, there's very little, if any at all, that you've created for yourself. So an angel then is someone who has come down to earth and helped us in some way. And you always hear stories of angels appearing. You always hear this guidance and somebody, I know that he was an angel. Um, he just came out of the blue. There's stories about that. There's movies about that, right? We've got books about that. Um, we even create our own angels here, but just know that regular angels are those who have had one or two lives here. Then they're the rest of us. That's it. Spirits and souls. So once we get to the other side and we're all together, there won't be, it's just like your older brother or oldest sister doesn't have a title above you other than the word older. So it's the same thing with once we get there, our archangels are still our older brothers and sisters who are wiser and we still, they still help us until we all evolve to the same highest level. And that's the hierarchy that, you know, the cherubs, oh, there's baby angels in heaven. Well, of course we had to create that. We wanted to know what were the children that died? Who were they? Who did they become when they went on the other side? So we made them baby angels. Well, isn't that cute? There's no body on the other side, no physical body. There's no aging process. So there's no young and there's no old. There's right, just right. energy, right? But we need that. We need that. We need to look at those. And then we assign angels certain jobs like St. Valentine's and Cupid. There has to be an angel of love. That's But why is that? that cupid always around in a diaper i don't understand that part <laughs> at all with a bow and arrow first of all they don't go hand in hand would you give a bow and arrow to a child see some of the mentality of the iconic things we've created as humans are so ridiculous right oh so, it's so funny but we've come to accept that no they're all the same age non-age at all they're all energies they are evolved higher because thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years have gone by. They have experienced our experiences. They have helped us and guided us, and we can turn to them all the time. The ascended masters, those are the ones who came down on earth, like the Jesuses and the Buddhas and the Mohammeds and all of them that were a higher evolved being, but they went through their incarnations too in order to get there. Okay, one thing I love, if everybody really wants to get deep about who Jesus was, go read Edgar Cayce's material on Jesus. According to Edgar Cayce, Jesus had 12 incarnations before he became Jesus the Christ. Huh. He was one of the first leaders on earth with us who actually led us to self-destroy. That was in Atlantis. He was supposedly called Amelius. The details don't matter. 
the concept and the understanding is what matters. So because he felt so guilty leading us astray, he felt it absolutely necessary to bring us back on the path. So all of the major characters in the Bible supposedly is Jesus incarnating over and over again until finally he became Jesus the Christ, one with God, man with God. And that was his purest example. But he said in it, I've been here before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in other times. So, so um, those ascended masters are still our brothers and sisters, and they are in a place that they can help us as well. And people do turn to them. People turn to them now. I do. I talk, Archangel Michael and I have a great rapport. And as well as Jesus, Jesus is the one who came to me. Joseph um, is, was my higher guide and supposedly my higher self. And I mean Joseph from Canaan, Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dream Coat. And if you just open up your heart and your belief system, I'm not religious. People might think that I'm religious because I'm using those characters' names. No, I have a complete different feeling about them than anybody. I do not revere or get down on my knees to either God, Jesus, or any of the higher ones. I thank them and I try to emulate their lives for the gratitude of of the message that they gave. I don't feel that they're so high. When you feel somebody is so much better than you, you never feel you can strive to that level. You never feel a relationship with them. It's only when you can bring them to your world and you go to theirs that you understand you're that close. So that's that's about angels. And yes, Christmas time, absolutely. Why do you think we put an angel at the top of the tree? Hmm, interesting. So um, we just have a minute or two left before we have to take a break. I'm wondering, you know, people talk about a guardian angel. Do you have a personal angel that looks out for you? Do you, um, or is it uh, is that a, a wrong concept? No, it well. Okay, again, guardian angel. A long time ago, when this first started, we did need our specific guides. They were usually deceased loved ones, great grandparents, and um, who've been on the other side for a long time. Someone who knew you in the physical realm, who are now watching over you. Angels and archangels watch over everyone. And they're capable of doing that because they're just energy. They can be instantaneously in the same time right next to me and right next to so, you on the so other side. So it's not like a call center or something and you're waiting for, you're yeah. waiting to hold for a while. That's right. No, no. They are absolutely right there and they're constantly talking with us. And you hear people turn around and say, oh my gosh, I must have a guardian angel on my shoulder. I almost hit that person and something made me just look and right at the last minute right? It's the stuff like that. They're always there. But there are guides that watch over us. Nowadays, the angels are pushing us towards connecting to our higher self spirit, the God force that's within us. Because ever since the new age and the new thought movements, everybody's looking to speak to their guardian angel. And everybody is like all the guardian angels are saying, you're connected to source. You should go directly to the source. You don't need us. You've got your permanent guide. Mm. So stop looking towards us, but we're there anyway. Interesting. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. This is uh, Jim, and we're on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. We're talking with Vincent Jenna. So, Vincent, um, I guess uh, when we're talking about uh, angels, it kind of leads to, you know, the concept of other other beings that we, we might perceive rather than angels. And um, I know that uh, I, want, I want Sarah to reiterate a quick a quick version of the story that, that she encountered uh, with her husband. And I just I, I'm wondering about your thoughts on it. Okay. Okay. So I had a cast iron, amazing dragonfly in the garden and it needed to be repainted. It was a little sculpture, right? And my husband took it in his art studio. The screws were stripped, could not get the wing off. It couldn't get off, couldn't, couldn't get the wing off, couldn't get the wing off, said, oh, heck with this, and left the studio. He returned, and the wing was off. The screws and the screwdriver were aligned right next to it. And my husband doesn't quite go as far into curiosity as I do. So he called me and was like, I don't know what's going on in the studio, but someone's been there. Now, I have a friend who's earth-based spirituality, right? She does Wicca and pagan and this kind of thing. And she suggested that perhaps we had fairies, which is what I shared with Jim. So do you have any idea about what the heck is going on in my husband's art studio? Yes, actually, um, did he have a grandparent, his grandfather, um, or one of his relatives, an uncle, it's a male, who is very handy with their hands and also tinkered? Yeah, that's a good question. I will have to ask you. You have to I ask him. Know. Okay. I don't know. It was, it was, it was, he's got, your husband has, it's very funny because the feeling that I'm getting about your husband is he's supposed to be more open than he really is with you. Um, but there's a part of him that like doubts. No spirit helps unless they know that it's within the person to accept it then they may be trying to wake them up. I mean, that's a very obvious thing. Your husband's trying to remove the wings. They're rusty. They're, you know, the screws are rusty. Can't do anything. He leaves, comes back. They're now on his desk. That is an obvious message that is being sent to him, which may mean this is a time for your husband to wake up and start acknowledging what he really is and the power he really has and the other side. So I do believe it's either an uncle or a grandfather, it's a male figure that, that I'm getting who has been guiding him and watching over him, who also tinkered and knew exactly how to get those screws off. You know, that's interesting, Vincent, because after that happened, I'm now realizing, um, it was actually, I think it was earlier in the in the spring when he was working on it, when, when the garden first started to open up from the snow and then the pandemic hit. And my husband tinkered all summer. I mean, he did these big, beautiful sculptures in our yard from old trees. He carved for like three months when the pandemic started. Wow. So I'm wondering if that's what, if something opened up, perhaps from that in his creativity or his curiosity or his willingness. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I just asked you about a grandfather or an uncle, because what he is doing is he's feeling them and not even acknowledging it because he doesn't know. And it's coming in part of him. His own creativity is coming out because he's being inspired by one of 
his guides right now to help bring that out. Absolutely. Fascinating. I will I will talk to him about that when I got home because it was also amazing because all of a sudden we had baby hawks in the yard and the mother hawk was kind of coming down onto Sean's head while he was carving and it just there was this flutter oh of God. just kind of spiritness. Wow. <laughs> in yes. the yard going on. Yeah. I, I will tell you this. I don't want to break any bubbles. Okay. Fairies. We as humans, again, do everything we can to interpret what it is deep down we are spiritually feeling and believing. And we interpret it in ways we can accept it. Some people, it's easier to accept that there are fairies and gnomes rather than angels and heaven and life afterwards because they do get caught up in the earth energy. When you find it, Wiccan itself is a whole practice of the earth energy, but we're the ones who have dominion over that. And if, we, if there is a fairy, we've created it. But if so you, you think so is that about cultural, is that, are we talking about people have different cultural influences for there the are, words that they're using? Well, how does culture, how is culture created? It's humans' definition of the circumstances they're living in. That's how we create a culture. And it's usually based on survival. It's not all this romanticized, oh, this is such beauty. You know, this white puffy ball is so pretty. I think I'm going to call it cotton and we're going to grow it here. You know, that's not what it was. It was like, what can we grow here? Well, we need cotton. I, we can't grow avocados. They're not working well, maybe tobacco. So it's always about survival. And then to make life more survivable, we create stories. Hmm. And so we create stories of elves and especially around St. Patty's Day, you know, there's the crock of gold and the elves and, uh, you know, the leprechaun, he watches over it. And if you put out the shoes at night, he'll come and he'll fix them and clean them and maybe put some gold in them. Hmm. Every single culture creates an interpretation of what their soul is trying to feed them about life and the magic of it. It really winds up being more simple than that. And it's wonderful to have these stories. The problem is that some people get caught up in the story rather than in who we really are and the meaning of the story. Interesting. Well, talk to us about, uh, you, you know, we, we had a brief reading. Uh, you did a brief reading to me after the last show. And you mentioned something about extraterrestrials. And mm -hmm. that, yes, that, I did. That you did, and and that did you have your visit yet? Huh? <laughs> I, huh? You know, did it you sparked my curiosity. Jim, <laughs> there weren't any probes of, involved, as far as I know. Um, but but uh, you know, I, I I'm curious about that because I, I didn't know what to think about that. We, well, see, okay, we can be so open to a certain extent, and then we find out where we're not necessarily open. In your realm, Jim, nothing should surprise you at this point anymore. You're right, and actually, you're right. Right, the more you open up to that and go, hey, there may be some extraterrestrials watching over me, taking care of me, how fascinating. But there is a part of you that's curious, that's like, is it real? Is there somebody who's really gonna help me? Or there's somebody there watching me? 
listen, if we can, you just finished asking me about angels guiding us. If we have angels guiding us, we certainly have physical beings helping and guiding us too. our older brothers and sisters who are so evolved. Einstein himself said it. He knew there were other universes, right? And that's what he tried to actually study on how to understand them a little bit more. But one thing that he said that was vital is he knew that in order to escape your universe to get to another universe, you were going to have to have such strong spiritual concepts and understanding because you would have to understand your true power and be able to dematerialize and do things like that. So the idea that there's these malevolent beings out there who are going to come down and they look like giant squids or scorpions and they're going to suck our brains out and shoot things out of your belly and implant <laughs> an alien inside of your that is such crazy that's human fear interpreting mm. real messages they are benevolent they are here to try to help us and guide us because they are seeing how far behind the evolutionary mark we are. Hmm. We are still on a planet trying to convince people that genders are equal, that colors are equal, that sexual orientation is equal. We're still fighting that nonsense. And so as long as we're fighting concepts like that still, how can we possibly be evolved enough to know we are powerful unlimited beings and I can move a mountain if I really wanted to move a mountain or create another one someplace else? We're, we're so far behind. So they have actually come down. And here's the interesting part. There are scientists who won't admit the extraterrestrial part. But Greg Braden is one of them himself. He is a very world-renowned anthropologist who wrote these incredible books and a lot on the origins of man. And he totally showed, as well as so many other scientists, disputed um, the Darwinism concept of evolution. It's completely off. Darwin wrote all of his theories based on the observation of the fruit fly. Just like, yes, we have a lot in common with the fruit fly. Jeez. Oh, and so now we evolved the way it evolved. Not true at all. Hmm. There was a spontaneous appearance about 11,000 years ago of modern man. And they also realized that the original DNA, DNA strand, when they study DNA, they have seen that a section of it was completely spliced. Now, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so I don't know how they see that, but he was showing evidence that it was spliced and another type of DNA was infused to it hmm. to form modern man, which is why we have absolutely no relationship to the Neanderthal, unless there was any procreation with early creatures and that went down the line. And the funny thing is, is if you ever do your DNA testing with like 23andMe or Ancestry.com, they can actually see if you are related to the Neanderthal. And of course, the Jenna family happens to be related. And if you ever met the Jenna family, you would completely understand the Neanderthal oh, no. part. I'm telling you oh, right no. now. Oh, no. Meatball well, throwing well, at each other and everything. Well, let me ask you this. Um, how do we get in touch with these these uh, higher, I don't know if you say higher, but, you know. The no, your brothers and sisters brothers talk and sisters. to them. They hear us. 
they hear us. And they're in touch with us without us even knowing it the same way. Uh, they've had to. They've come down here to preserve the human body. All these abductions that they've been doing, they've done it because they're trying to preserve the seed. We are creating, and this pandemic is the proof of it, we are creating diseases faster than our ability for the human body to heal it. What they've done is they have been genetically changing us to try to compensate for the diseases that we've created. And unfortunately, they're so far behind now. We've created so many of them, they can't even keep up anymore. Hmm. Plus, they were being monitored. And believe it or not, I know it's a joke out there because there's been Star Trek shows about it, Star Wars movies about it. There is a galactic council. Hmm. And but it doesn't look anything like Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh my God, all the creatures that they keep putting in our heads. They're spirits, they're souls that have incarnated on different in different universes. They come together and they're like, okay, how can we help you? Do your universe need anything? No, it's okay, but you know who does need? We need the earth. We got to take care of the earth down there. These people, they're dying left and right all over the place, or they're killing each other, you know. Um, and so they're trying to help. That was the council that started talking to me first because they knew I was going to be in the fog front with people and doing interviews and they wanted the right information. Um, I met a gentleman who is now documented to be uh, the person who has had the most um, contact with UFOs that NASA, FBI, CIA and the Vatican has been working with this gentleman. He's now a dear friend of mine. And so they are doing everything they can. They help to create the body. They are the ones to hasten our evolvement. And so they're the ones who spliced the genes. So Jim, I am telling you, all you have to do is communicate, mm. communicate and just talk the same way you talk with guides. Mm -hmm. You just put it out there and say, okay, if there is an, an older brother or sister from a different universe who wants to communicate with me, as Vince has said, come talk with me, show me, tell me what it is you want me to know. And when you open up the door that way, okay, when you open up that door, the info comes to you. Sarah, that's why I say your husband had to open the door because he may have gone, okay, this is crazy, Jim. I, I can't believe this crap actually even happened. Oh my God. <laughs> He's I'm not, Italian, no, I'm Irish, not. Vincent. Oh, so there, there was go. a lot so of language. I, absolutely. <laughs> I am sure there was a lot of language, but deep inside of him, the whole reason why that was language is because it was going against all his defenses. It was going against how he decided to live this life stably. I'm not going to believe that stuff. I'm not going to go to Wiccan. I'm not going to go to the spiritual stuff. There is no such thing as a non-believer. There is no such thing as a cynic or a skeptic. What there is are people who don't like the definitions that have been given. Mm, that's well said, Vincent. Very okay? well said. That's completely different than having a, a disbelief. I don't believe in God. No, you don't not believe in God. You just don't believe in the way God has been defined to you. Yeah, I often say that to my students. They'll say, I don't believe in this God that blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, I don't believe in that God either. Right? There's exactly. some sort of idea that whatever Michelangelo painted in the Sistine Chapel is what we all think God is. And, and oh, I have found you know, very, yes. very few people who actually think that God is that. Okay. But here's what's really interesting, Sarah. You have to go there yourself. 
I have. I've been there. Okay. Now, good <laughs> for you. I was there, and for the first time in my life, I got to see how the artists defined God versus how the priests and the Pope and all the ministers define God. And it was even after Michelangelo finished the Sistine Chapel and the Pope, and I forgot Pope Pius, whoever it was that hired him, turned around and said to him, you didn't learn this from us. You had to have learned it from him. It is not the, it's the impression that you get of that picture. It's the love that you get of that picture. It's the power you get over that picture and the connection between Adam and God and understanding that never goes. That's what all the artists tried to get across and they constantly conflicted with the, with the, the teachers. So you have to go with the impression that you get from it rather than this is the visual. Right, it's rather than the literal. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, look, literal. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody takes what the, the, or, or some of those people that are so concrete want to take every single word from the Bible literally. Well, if that's the case, then any woman who wasn't a virgin when she got married to her husband needs to be stoned to death. Oh, no. Okay, I'll be no. right back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to talk to you about, Vincent. Uh, that's what, you know, we might have to expand to another episode. Um, I wondered, would you be willing, last time you were able to do a quick reading for Royce and I, um, and if, if Sarah's uh, willing, would you be it, be available to, you know, give her some some thoughts? Is that okay with oh, you, Sarah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, you already gave some info away that you were a teacher of some kind. I don't know what of, of, of what. Um, uh, but there is, it, it's interesting that all of you are involved and it, this is really a time period of expansion and taking the next leap forward in your life. And it's a big leap. It's not a small leap. So there are some extra risks that you might be faced to take and opportunities to go places where you are not necessarily or have necessarily gone before. Okay. Uh, I'm getting a lot about a book but I'm not sure, it's not a novel, it's definitely some kind of inspirational, instructional, but there is also a lot of color in it. And, and whether it be artwork or interpretive artwork or colors to, because you're, you're, there's also this visual part of you that likes to be stimulated with vision and visual things and to also help others with the visual aspect. It's like, if you see this man, that makes me feel so good. So I see this book and it's telling a very inspirational story and there's tremendous photographs and colors. And, and so it's all in my head, but so it's so the details of it, I can't, you know, define completely. That's for you to define. But it definitely seems that there is you getting out into the world in a published way, because I'm also seeing your picture on the back of the book. So it's definitely a published um, piece of work. And again, it's inspiring. It's like, um, okay, the, the thing that I can almost liken it to, almost. Louise Hay has her book out of You Can Heal Your Life. Well, they made a tabletop uh, coffee table version of it. And it's this beautiful artistic book. They have all these images on it now. So now the words take on a different meaning and feeling to people because it's so visually beautiful. That's the only thing I can compare it to as to what you're doing, but it's art, it's inspiration, and it's also still teaching 
in, in some aspect that you want to get out there, but it's words that you need to get out there printed in a book and that's coming up. And if you haven't been inspired by that already in your life, if you haven't had the thought, it is coming in. It's absolutely necessary for you to do. And you also have to be playing music of some kind while you're doing it. I don't know if you got your headphones on, but in the background, they're just that this stimulating your senses is really important for you. So you need to listen to the right music. You need to be in the right atmosphere. You need to have the right aromas. You need to have the right visual aspect because it is totally awe-inspiring for you to have all five senses stimulated at the same time. Does that make sense to you at all? I didn't even take a breath. This is... This is uncanny. Uh, so I am finishing my next book. The publisher deadline is Tuesday. And after we are done uh, with this podcast, I'm getting in my car to go away for four days to the place that I go, this amazing hotel in the Catskills that's hyper designed by these two men that have made these incredible theme rooms, Roxbury Motel. And so I'll be there for four days writing, surrounded by exactly everything that I need. But what's most interesting about what you just said, Vincent, was I found an illustrator that I really liked for the book a couple weeks ago. And I've been trying to figure out if it's the right one because it's a little um, non-traditional, the illustrator. And uh, as you were speaking, I thought, hmm, I guess that solves that. So... We'll have to see what all the listeners think next year when they pick up their copies and put them on their coffee tables. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. How fabulous is that? Oh, my gosh. I love it when I'm right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does, but you no, know what was, what was interesting about that, Vincent, that I was you talking about how I needed to have my senses stimulated in certain ways. I didn't have the words for that, but that's exactly what I do when I write but I didn't know how to, to describe that. And so you giving me that sense was really helpful. And I, and that may also Good. be helpful for other people who are listening too. Um, when we're being creative, um, you know, making sure that all those other things around us are supporting us. That is fabulous and good for you to find the place and give and, and put honor into that. Yeah. It's vital. It's good for you. Great. And there's more coming for you. Just keep getting out there. This book seems to be topping all the others. My husband is going to say, oh, my God, I'm never going to see her again. <laughs> I have to ask the question. She got any, any aliens talking to her? No, you got them all. Jim, I'm sorry. Jim, I'm you, sorry. See, you know what's what's interesting about the alien thing with Jim is, you know, Jim is such a fan of science fiction. And we met be over Star Wars, right? So Star Wars and Star Trek and Firefly and, and all of this. I wonder if because Jim loves the narrative and the movie versions of this so much, if that's perhaps part of the barrier to seeing hmm. the possibility. That's interesting. You know, of another I, view of that. I am open. You know, I am open. I, I, uh, you know, I have, I have my my druthers or my my skepticism about things, but I'm very open to learning other possibilities so uh, it's not without the realm but you i know you're open there no, yeah. here's here is what it's more of jim than uh -huh. anything else sure it's more about why me mm -hmm. okay interesting. interesting there is completely different uh -oh, than jim. you accepting it <laughs> it's more about well who am i yeah. why me why would i be the one 
who Obi-Wan Kenobi wants to teach to become a Jedi Knight. Why me? Mm -hmm. But the proof that the aliens have been around you has been your interest in sci-fi. Huh. So that's what inspires. You got to wonder why do some people are drawn to some areas and others other areas? And you were not incarnated on another planet. We never would be. You're only in, you once you create a karma in your universe, you're stuck there. Um, however, when they're around you, that's when you start becoming inspired. Just the same as deceased loved ones. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, we can be in the middle of doing something and we're thinking about a loved one. And then mm -hmm. we get a chill and a feeling like they're right there. It's because they're visiting. That's why you get that inspiration. So the aliens have to be around you. And I know I'm involved with them too, because Star Wars is my favorite, favorite saga. <laughs> I know about George Lucas who wrote it. It's an entire story about us and our connection to the force. Every character in it is another side of us. The Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Yoda, it's all about us. Now we're talking the original trilogy. Not I, I don't count the prequels at all. So, yeah, yeah, know. no. The prequels are actually the one that's important. I believe it's the third one that shows how Anakin Skywalker flipped to the dark side because that's the most important message for us. When you, when the reason why we turn dark is because we think we're going to get something bigger and better from that side. Because the mm. emperor told him, I can bring your wife back to life, but only if you come to the, and believe in the dark side, because the dark side has that power. Interesting. And that's what flipped him. It was fear. It was fear and lack of, of, of belief. It was doubt that flipped him. And mm. that's what flips every human being. Look at the country today. Look at the way the people are acting. I don't believe you care about me. I don't believe you like me. I don't believe you love me. So now I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to protect myself and the hell with you. Well, listen, Vincent, you know, we didn't even get to chance to talk about resolutions. So we're going to have to have you back uh, on again. Um, if you're, if you're I'd willing. I'd love to. Oh my gosh. I'll stay here. Put up a cot over <laughs> by you there. I'll just stay and, and come on anytime you want. Gosh, I'd love it. You guys well, are great. Well, thanks Vincent. It's been wonderful having you on big universe. Uh, if you're Vince is the, uh, Vincent is the host of stop stopping yourself right here on unity online radio. And you can go to his website, vincentjenna.com for more about Sarah Bowen, go to www dot spiritual dash rebel.com i've got some premium video courses help to create them on my website called youthrivehere.com well vincent sarah been great being with you thanks everybody we'll talk to you next time on big universe on unity online radio thank you all thanks for listening this is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.